Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a good thing going. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. participate in these homecoming festivities. It's great to see you guys. What I'm the? good, dog. I, I don't even, I'm ready. I, I don't even, <laughs> uh, Kobe, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got that look like, huh? Who is that? Kobe, how are you doing tonight? Kobe's I'm like, doing great, man. man. I'm, I'm, I'm hyped up, man. It's it's uh, homecoming weekend. You know, this is a opportunity. This is a definitely an opportunal time. I am so excited, man. This is this is music to my ears. Great stuff. This, as they used to say, that it's the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, here we go. That's what Rattlers be doing roundabout homecoming. Then we be like, don't stop, get it, get it, don't stop, pop that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm just I'm just wondering if look, I'm telling you now, folks, we have to I, I say this with all sincerity. Pace yourselves this weekend. Because look, this is this a this a big stretch over the next ten days. Let me let me help hold on hold on one second. I want to press time out for a second. Listen, I will never be able to catch Kelvin Rosier and his drove. This man, my brother is the mayor for a reason. I will never 
nor will I try to ever come close to upstaging. If there ever was an all-time king of orange and green, that would hands down be my brother Kelvin. I'm telling y'all now, if the day that he transitions on to glory, I guarantee you that the suit has got to be orange and green. So when he walks yes, through the sir. early gates, people of God, Boy, that I'm trying to good. Good about now. <laughs> He's gonna let heaven and everybody else know that a rattler well, has entered into glory. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 Uh look. Hey, if you guys are following us and watching us right now on YouTube, Facebook, or even on Twitter, uh, I'm hoping on you guys on uh, YouTube and Facebook, the first thing you've done already is hit that thumbs up button. Some great folks already in there. Uh, already, good to see good to see the uh, YouTube folks in there. Uh, I, I know Dr. Lori's already Dr. Lori's already put out the PSA to let folks know. Uh, so we we invite all of our our, our HBCU brethren, but you got to know, okay, this is the greatest homecoming in the universe. You can have a, you can have a Earth, you Aggies. You can have your uh, your magic in Birmingham. You can boom and box with College Game Day and whoever you want in Jackson. But I tell you what, the universe comes to Tallahassee. So let's just be clear about all that, all that going on this weekend, okay? A lot of things going on in the HBCU space, but there's only one experience like Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University homecoming. Yes, Kofi. There's only one. There's only one. And listen, I've had an opportunity to go to several HBCU homecomings. I've seen just about all of them. And none of them come close to FAMU's. I know, you know, everybody's got liquor. Everybody's got little high school <laughs> bands. Everybody's got tailgate. What you don't have is the family. What you don't have is that. You're going to always have old school, but the way FAMU does homecoming is like nowhere else. It's nowhere else. Everybody that comes, and once you have that experience, you will go home being like, bruh, I done seen it, but family's homecoming has it on lock. So, hey, you know, let me ask no shade to anybody and, uh, else. And listen, we celebrate all HBCUs sometimes, but not on this week. On this week, <laughs> right. it's all about Florida Agriculture Mechanical University. And you'll see a sea of orange and green everywhere you go. Everywhere Look, you so go. So much to talk. So much to talk about. Um, we, hey, if you, if you guys have been peeping out the scroll, and one of two questions I'm going to ask you, Kelvin and Kofi. Best homecoming advice you've ever been giving. One of two questions. I'll ask you the second question later. But if you guys are watching the, uh, those of you watching us, uh, obviously you can see the, the scroll down there. But let me ask you, if you can think here, and so I don't know how quickly you can do this, but I want you to think. The oh, it's real easy because homecoming is a, you've ever been homecoming All right, is go in ahead, our Kobe, DNA. You go first. Go it's first. in our DNA. Best. We know what to do. When you're coming to a fam, you homecoming. The first thing I'm going to tell you is get there early. <laughs> 
everything you want if you want a good seat if you want good parking if you want a nice transition into everything get there early if you're trying to get there on time you're gonna be way late and you're gonna be in the traffic you're gonna get frustrated you're gonna have to walk further go further all of that stuff get there early convocation your parking space all of that stuff handle your business early good advice and pace yourself uh, Kelvin, how... and, and pace yourself Kelvin, pace yourself what, what about is you? probably Best advice you were ever given COVID just hit it you got to pace yourself there's so much going on and you know you start to relive some of those old days see, see some of those faces and you think you can do what you used to do well let me tell you something especially alumni you can't drink like you used to drink you can't Hell. drop it down like it's hot you can't get low Hell. like you used to get low right you don't, don't do recover that recover in the morning much. the same you don't recover the same way in the morning right so you know you have to go Amen. to bed a little earlier you know what i'm just saying that's what when we say pace ourselves there's going to be people trying to do everything right you can't do everything choose one or two baby and choose carefully because depending on who you with that one thing could be too much <laughs> listen Amen. i'm telling yes. you this and i'm telling you this we had an experience um we were doing the uh the uh, Afterglow show at South Carolina State, there was literally a tent that was right next to us that was doing the tailgate at the South Carolina State game. Tons of South Carolina State fans. Old school trying to be old school, not recognizing that they are really are old school. This dude passed out. When I say passed out, he literally, his pulse stopped, his heart stopped beating, and wow. the, you know, when you die, the fluids start coming out of your body. All of that was happening right over there to the right while we was trying to do on the show. Please pace yourself. Please pace yourself. In the sun, again, in the sun, liquor and heat do not mix. Especially when you're over 40. Yeah. So... Please yeah. pace yourself. Pace yourself. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I know you two have children. I don't have children. But if I had a child, the one thing I would say is hydrate and don't go too cheap. I, I'm just going to say it like that. Because you know when you're young, you, you try to go the cheap route. And, and you, it's a bad experience. Speaking from experience, don't go too cheap. Daddy didn't, you know, he... Don't go too cheap. So, you know, that old Spurs store where you try to get down there with only three bucks and you try to come out with a handful of stuff. No, don't do it. Somebody do in it. your circle, somebody in the circle has got to be responsible. You need yeah, to have somebody some, designated in the circle yes, that can yes. look out. And somebody yeah. that can say, hey, you know, that was about four. You need to go on and sit down and just chill for a minute. Let that settle in. Play some spades, play some cards. We got you. You're not driving home, right. but we got you. Going to sit down. All right, yeah. Hey, hey, one more thing. Uh, this, 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 it's yeah. technology nowadays, right? So whatever oh, you do, yes. Yes. On, somebody going to catch it on their camera phone, recorder, et cetera. So, you know, technology <laughs> is not your friend, players. Technology is not your hey. friend. 
Look, look, look. Hey, how, how, what's the over-under on how many days will the word FAMU be trending on Twitter from Sunday on? Because I got a feeling there's going to be a lot of people. That we are going into, we're going into Southern week right yes. after this week. So yep. you're going to be seeing a good two weeks. Poss- Actually, yeah. you're going to see a good solid three weeks. Oh, yeah. fam, you Pace suck. yourself. Because we're going to Montgomery, too. Yeah. I'm yeah. telling you now. Hey, uh, it's three homecomings yeah. hey, in a row, and one of them is on the road. Let's uh, let's uh, get into a few things here. Coming up at the bottom of hour, we've got the head ball coach himself coming on. I, I confirmed it two different times. So, uh, Lord willing, everything still works out. We got Coach Simmons coming on uh, at 830. Then at the top of hour two at 9 o'clock, Coach Robert McCullum. We'll come on to give us uh, – we'll talk about the basketball season, which uh, actually they start – media. actually there's a media day on Monday, and I believe as November rolls around the corner, the first games will be starting sometime uh, next week, I believe. So the basketball season is right here. Uh, one of the things – look, the game is a sellout, sold out. I think that announcement came out on Monday. Um 20, what, what's our seating capacity, Kelvin? 22.5. They haven't said exactly. Uh, it's somewhere around 21.5 to 22,000, I think, though. Okay, so I did some research, and, you know, Kofi and I were talking offline because I, I think, we'll, and we'll get into this here shortly because I know Kofi wants to expand on this, uh, the fact that with this being a sellout of 22, this is definitely – going to be one of the smaller homecoming crowds uh i did get confirmation from ad smith there's not going to be any kind of temporary bleachers coming in or like we've seen in years past um last year there were thirty-one thousand eight hundred eighty-seven people at homecoming the previous years and i'm just going to go through 1918 17 and 16 25 679 26 045 25067 and 26044. That was the attendance in the four years prior to the Grambling State game last year. This year, if we go max capacity, we're probably talking 2223, which brings up the question that Kofi brought up offline. And I, I thought, hey, it's, it's worth talking about now. Uh, what are we losing? What are we losing? We went. We got these beautiful additions to the stadium, but talk on it, Kofi. You have some concerns about what we are losing out on with the current setup structure for the attendance for homecoming. Well, let me just say I'm I'm kind of disappointed, um, largely because if you fail to plan, you can plan to fail, and just the discussions, just stuff that was happening with attendance. You know, there's so much that goes into it, right? Because it's kind of like, you know, um, we like to win at everything when we can. You know, obviously, we we fight and win whatever the battle be. One of those battles is the darn attendance battle, right? We like being in the darn top five. Even if we're not number one, you know, we like being around no lower than five if we can do that. And there was an opportunity to freaking do that. Had we, A, reported the score, the, the attendance right during the Albany State game, but then B, 
you know, making sure that you have enough tickets if that's a goal of yours. Okay. Now, let's get to the money thing because that's really important. We had 31,000 people into the stadium last year. 31,000. If we only have 21,000 people into the game, 21,000 into the game, that's a difference of 10,000 people. Let's just say the average homecoming ticket is 30 bucks a piece. 10,000 people paying 30 bucks a piece is $300,000. That's $300,000 in revenue, not including your parking, not including um, your concessions. If you're doing it right, if you're planning right, if you're including this, I've paid as much as $50 going into a homecoming ticket. 50 to go into homecoming. It's normally a highest price ticket of the entire year. And guess what? Because people freaking pay to come to homecoming. They want to be around the atmosphere. They want to do it. If the goal of athletics is to make money, there's going to be 100,000 people on campus for the parade, for the game festivities, and after the game. It'll be well over. The whole city comes, well, the city comes to the highest of seven hills. The fact that we haven't taken the time to monetize that is just simply concerning. Imagine 100,000 people paying $10 just to get on campus. What is that? What is that? How much is that? A hundred thousand uh, people paying ten bucks. Ooh, uh, um, uh, a million. There you go. That's a million dollars in revenue that we're basically just passing up for just people coming on campus. And you know, everybody, you you can look after the game or during the game on Perry Street. Perry Street is like. I've never seen a street like that outside of a Mardi Gras festival or something like that with that many people just have to see what generate revenue. And we got all these money games, X, Y, Z, and people talking about the way to do that is to monetize it. You can't do that if you don't sell and earn tickets. Yeah, I there you was a little bit. Hopefully, hopefully we still we still I caught most of it, all of it. Uh, Kelvin, your thoughts on on this topic? So I don't want to over overstate things and exaggerate things because there's some other factors that go into this thing. I do agree, Coke, that we need to monetize it. Uh, I though in the media right sides, you know, I know we we doing the HBCU go in terms of the game itself. And I know GMA is going to be on campus. Um, uh, but I, I like to see um, us have corporate sponsors uh, with, with million-dollar checks. So, and, and to come into the footprint. Uh, uh, and, and I guarantee you, we'll, we'll have some we have uh, 25, 26 in the stadium. Of course, we have 25, 26 outside the stadium, too. And, uh, 
we'll, we'll go by those old numbers um, in terms of capacity. But you know, um, you know, I would like for them to consider uh, the north end zone. I know people like that premium areas and so forth, and that's they've created kind of a VIP environment over there. area or make that area that premium area even more enhanced uh so that we can get additional seating plus but people can still have a premium experience um so i i like to see something like that at, at some point but um with, with the configuration of the stadium now and enhancements uh you know that that's something that has to be uh something for the next day i mean for, for the next year yeah hey, I, I let think... me let me just say this let me say this right um okay. quickly quickly we literally rushing me in all right but <laughs> literally we um we had thirty six thousand people at our homecoming back in 1979 that's our record versus tuskegee when muhammad ali came we played it at doe 36,000, that's at Doe in Tallahassee at a time when Tallahassee only had 50,000 people as the population. Okay? Right. Yeah, 36,000, right. and, the, and the stadium had 30, I'm sorry, the stadiums had 36,000, but it's 50,000 people that actually live in Tallahassee. So that's a lot of people that's coming to the game. That's back in 1979. We've, we've had well over 25,000 on a consistent basis, and it's 2022. I literally believe that our homecoming should be drawing 40,000, 50,000 people. If, I believe if we could house 40,000, 50,000 people, on average, we could do it on homecoming. Um, but my concern is this going into next year. You know, we got Jackson State coming into tally. Dion's first visit back into tally. Um, that's going to be a premium ticket. Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always Ultra Thins reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. All right, welcome back to the OMG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Kofi, and it's good to be joined by the head ball coach this homecoming week, Coach Willie Simmons. Coach, how you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How you guys doing? We're doing good. We 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 doing, doing well. Good, we coach. doing well. We can't 
we, we can't all be dressed like Kelvin, Coach, but we, we all – we trying to do our best, you know. Kelvin getting ready for the homecoming parties. Hey, yeah, yeah, he, he's definitely he's definitely ready. Hey, um, I, I, I heard uh, the hardest part um, during this kind of week with your with your players is always trying to get them to basically understand that this weekend is kind of not about them really and that you guys still got a job to do uh you've done this a few times now uh i i, I guess that message has always been well received uh but uh, just kind of run us through what that what that speech and conversation is usually like with the guys well you know it's an interesting dynamic uh you don't want to over overplay it and um, I think the more you tell them, don't do, don't do, don't do, uh, it gives them more of an incentive to do it, right? And so uh, basically the message on Sunday was uh, just understand what's at stake. We still have a ton to play for, and uh, we have to be mentally and physically prepared to play our best game on Saturday. And so every week brings its own set of distractions, uh, but because it's homecoming, uh, they're magnified by 10. And so, again, just being what we're supposed to be, uh, when we're supposed to be there, doing what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to do it, um, and understanding why it's important has always been our team philosophy. That, that's, those are our team rules. We don't have a long laundry list of rules. Those are our five. Uh, be where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be there, doing what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to do it, and uh, knowing why it's important. If you do that this week, uh, we'll be fine. So if you're not supposed to be at a party, don't be there. Right? If you're not supposed to be at an event, don't be there. If you're supposed to be at practice, in class, in weights, uh, in meetings, Let's be what we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be there. So as long as the guys uh, hold true to our core values and beliefs, uh, they'll be fine. But, you know, homecoming is always a great time. So we definitely don't want them to um, not enjoy this this great time and festive time of year. Uh, but we want them to understand that uh, every homecoming culminates with the football game on Saturday. And we want the thousands of Rattlers that are coming back to town this week to be able to go back to their respective homes with a great feeling. And that means us winning the football game on Saturday. Well said, well said. Uh, also, uh, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't say first off, congratulations uh, personally on getting a win, career win number 50 as a, as a head coach um, after that uh, went road win on Gramb- at Grambling. Um, that, coming out of that road trip, uh, I know it was very, very tough road trip, close wins, tough wins, a lot of things uh, that you wanted to correct over the course of these two weeks. Uh, take us behind the scenes if you can and and what are some of the things that you hope to have shored up over the uh the two weeks since the last game at Grambling well the biggest thing for us is developing a level of consistency uh, that allows us to play good football for four quarters Uh, we've shown at times throughout the season that we can be pretty explosive on offense Uh, we've shown more so than not that we can be pretty um, hard to move the ball against the score uh, on defense, and we've shown that we can be a, a special teams unit that continues to flip the field and uh, puts points on the board when, when we have the opportunity. We just haven't shown them consistently for four quarters yet, and and so that's what we've been continuing to preach and then work on uh, just to guys, again, understanding the sense of urgency you have to have throughout the week to, to prepare yourself to play your best game on, on, on Saturday afternoons. And so for us, I think, the more we can continue to work on those little things, uh, to pay attention to detail, uh, we'll finally have that breakout game where in all phases uh, we're dominant because, again, we feel like we have the talent to do so. Uh, but, again, talent without execution means nothing. So we have to do a better job of just executing 
the plays that are called, uh, the assignments that they're given. And uh, if we can do that, all 11 guys, the problem that we've had this year, it's kind of been Achilles Hill. Uh, 10 guys will do it exactly the way the coach would do it, and one guy won't. And, I, and, and anybody who's played football or who understands football knows that it takes all 11 guys to do it right, you know. And so, um, you know, last week I told the old line coach at halftime, we have, we have a leaky oil valve. Like, it's a, it's a leak. It's not a, it's not a spill. It's an oil leak. So we got to find the leak, and we got to patch that up. And if we can do that, we can run the ball, we can control the clock. Uh, every now and then we had an oil spill. There were some plays where – Four to five linemen did something bad, but more, more often than not, it was just one guy, you know, who might miss a block or not finish a block, and that prevented us from being able to have an explosive play. Straining on the pass play where Jeremy can set his feet and throw an accurate ball or a guy running wide open and Jeremy doesn't set his feet and misses the throw. So, again, just all 11 guys doing their part. That's the beauty of football, and uh, once we get to that point, I think we'll, we'll be a very, very dangerous and dynamic football team. Kelvin, go ahead. Coach, this this week uh, presents a couple of, you know, unique things. First of all, our opponent, um, Pine Bluff, they, they, they got rid of Doc Gamble uh, midseason. So you've got the offense coordinator who's been an interim head coach and has some power five experience coming in, and he's taking over. They have some talent at Pine Bluff. Quarterback is pretty good. They have a nice lineman or two, and they got some skilled people. What kind of challenges does that, does that present um, in terms of preparing for a homecoming opponent when there's that unknown factor coming coming in? And then also the other unknown for you has been um, guys kind of been in and out the, the 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 lineup because of injuries and 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 all kind of different other things. Uh, it's been a unique year for you as a coach. Just talk about um, your you know this. Midway point of the season, everything you've been through, including the compliance stuff, uh, just that, just considering where you are now, you know, just talk about that journey from your co- coach's perspective. Well, um, to, to address the first question, um, our preparation hasn't changed. Um, yeah, they, they unfortunately, well, for them, uh, made a change at, at their leadership with removing Doc Gamble from the head coaching post and appointed Coach Treadwell as their interim head coach. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming he'll still be the primary play caller. Uh, he's been that all season. And then defensively, I would anticipate that defensive staff continuing to do what they've done all year. And so our preparation will be the same. Um, once the game starts, there's always that game within the game, the team that's able to make the adjustments based on what they see. Uh, are they showing you what they showed you on film? Or are they bringing some new things to the table? And uh, if we see something new, how quickly we can adjust to that. That's going to be the challenge for us. Um, but our preparation won't change. Um, as far as this season goes, um, every season uh, it, it tells its own story, right? And, and I think the, the story um, of this season, and of course, we're still writing that story, uh, will be how we've overcome adversity. You know, everything that we faced from um, the, the, the athletic director change starting this spring, um, to the compliance issues, the, the certification issues that we've had to endure, uh, key injuries, uh, injuries to some key players, um, Cesar Reyes being out for the year, Brian Crawford uh, missing most of the season, Rashawn McKay uh, being done for the year, right now Isaiah Land being a questionable game time decision. And um, so, again, there have been a lot of, of, of injuries that have occurred within this program, and because of that, you know, you got to build quality depth. And so when, when this when the chapter of this um, season, the last chapter is written, 
and ends. Uh, we'll look back on it and see that this team has endured a lot, but but more so, more importantly, they've overcome a lot. And, um, and that's what I'm most proud of. Kofi, jump in there. Well, we still we still got you, Kofi. Um, yeah, well, he'll probably come back. Maybe he thought he was gone, but he'll he'll come he'll pop back in in just a second. Um, in the I got Co- tonight, Kofi. Yeah, we, I got tonight. You, I'm back. You're there. We got you. I'm go, here. go, I'm go. Alive. Yes, go, All right. go. <laughs> Coach, man. You know, this is this is this has been interesting. You just dropped a whole bomb on Rashawn McKay, like not being done for the year. So, uh, are you at liberty to talk about that, or what happened with them? Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, Rashawn uh, entered concussion protocol. Um, you know, before the first game, and so uh, didn't play. Uh, well, played a little bit against North Carolina uh, and then against Jackson, same thing. And uh, so we made made the decision after that to arrest him, to try to uh, get him, you know, back to being Rashawn of old. And um, he just have, he has not uh, recovered from those symptoms to the point where we feel confident um, playing him, right? And so, of course, we know how severe uh, concussion symptoms are and protocol are, and uh, we don't want to, uh, a tour situation, you know, where we're forcing a guy to come back before he maybe is ready to come back. And so, um, you know, again, this has been an ongoing thing uh, over the last few months, and we've kind of kept it under wraps. But, um, you know, we're, we're going to have to make some decisions, um, short-term and long-term, uh, about Rashawn's um, ability to, to continue to play the game that he loves. And so um, it's unfortunate that, that he's having to miss this season. Uh, we had a long talk last week. Uh, he's come to terms with it. But um, it's definitely um, something that we didn't anticipate. And, you know, the, the, wow. it, it caught, us, caught us off guard and by surprise. But, again, that's that's all part of this process of just being able to adjust and adapt on the run. And uh, that's a huge loss for us. But, um, again, I know more concern is the uh, short-term and long-term health and safety of, of not just Rashawn but all of our guys. And um, concussions are one of uh, probably the most serious injury because we don't fully understand them yet. There's been a lot of research done and all those type things, but we still don't fully understand the long-term impact of concussions. The torn ACL, a broken bone, uh, those things, we know how you recover or, or, you know, deal with those later on, but there's still a lot of uncertainty about what another concussion would do to you long-term. So just don't want to put him in in, in harm's way right now. Um, After the season, we'll reevaluate it. And uh, if he feels confident and comfortable to come back, then obviously, you know, we would love to have him. But if he doesn't, then obviously we'll you know, transition him to the next phase of, of his of his uh, life. But uh, he's a he's a fighter. He's a tough young man, the toughest player I've ever coached. And I'm um, loving to death. But but right now, again, his his health and long-term um, success is, is, is more important than what he can do for us on the football field right now. Wow. So, um I guess the same thing in terms of like Jordan Moore, who announced that he was not um, going to be joining us this year. So is he picking up a red shirt? Was he injured or what happened with that as well? Yeah. So Jordan, um, Jordan's going to red shirt this year. Uh, it's not because of injury. Um, there was a, a, a miscalculation of his transferable GPA 
coming from uh, the junior college that he attended. And so uh, wasn't able to to get certified to com- compete this year. Obviously, whenever you transfer, uh, you have to do a year of residency unless you satisfy certain stipulations. Uh, in his case, one of those stipulations was his transferable GPA. And um, it, it was once it was calculated, uh, we saw that he was a little bit short. And so he's still with us. Obviously, practices every day, does a really good job for us. And uh, I think George is going to be a great player for us in the future. He's still got two years left with us. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing what he can do uh, moving forward. But, yeah, he's going to redshirt this season. And uh, he'll, he'll go out and compete for that starting job uh, this spring. Wow. So last question. So with 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 all of that, you had the opportunity to talk with our new AD and, of course, the compliance issues, some of which you just uh, went over. As we go into recruiting season, um, how do we look for this season to be different from last season in terms of because the portal has changed the way that we go in the you know it's like well hey we got a dude out there that's that's got experience he can come in he can help us right away and then we get him here and then it's like well dang well we ain't gonna have him for like three or four games so what do we go do to fix that up and shore that up so that we not having to go through these you know ups and downs because i know lord knows i know how i felt i know how we felt, and I know how that has had to have impacted you as well as the team that they're practicing with. So what's going to be done differently going into 2023? Well, one thing that I, that I can say is that, uh, you know, VPAD uh, Tiffany Don Sykes is well-versed in compliance. Uh, that's what she cut her teeth in, in the profession. And so just being able to surround uh, the, the student athletes, the coaching staff, with a, a thorough um, and well-staffed, competent compliance office uh, is, is priority number one. And then that carries right over into academics. And so just the entire process of evaluating transcripts, whether the high school transcripts, junior college transcripts, transfer transcripts, just being able to identify any deficiencies that a prospective student athlete may have, and then allowing us as coaches to be able to project what their status will be, will be for us moving forward. Um, whenever it comes to, particularly with transfers, um, the, the, the tricky part about that is, is when, you know, when you recruit high school student athletes, typically you're talking to these young men for sometimes up to three years. You know, you typically start the process sometime later in their sophomore year, really kind of starts to pick up their junior year. And then by the senior year, you're hot and heavy and you're trying to close the deal. So you got two, sometimes three years to get to know this person. Right. You know, their families, you know, their coaches, you know, that's different others. They're their friends. I mean, you know a lot about these young men. So you have a, a probably a greater probability that if something is going on or wrong, we would know it. With transfers, because of the timing of it, a guy enters the portal and it's, it's a race to try to get that young man on the phone, to possibly try to get him on a visit. And so you lose a lot of that legwork that you put in on, on the front end. So sometimes you may bring a guy in who, you know, may have an issue, whether it be academically or, or, or physically. Uh, we've had a couple of guys that had some some injuries uh, that they had previously that they played through at their last institutions and didn't get operations on them. And so they come here and it's like, well, we can play them, but it's probably only going to be able to play for half a season or have to sit out significant reps. So let's just go ahead and operate on it and, you know, have, have them ready for uh, the future, right? And so uh, a lot goes into it. And so the omen falls on us as coaches to obviously do our due diligence in vetting 
every prospective student athlete, whether you're a high school prospect or a transfer, is really vetting you and, and making sure that all of our I's are dotted across, are dotted all of our T's across, so that we don't bring someone here that we find something out when they get here, right? And that happened too often this year. This was the first year we really encountered that, um, and we don't want to continue that cycle. So that's the biggest thing. But having a, a fully staffed compliance and academic staff that's able to evaluate transcripts and do all those is going to be uh, something that I think gets us over the hump. Um, wow, that's that's uh, that's some powerful information, Coach. I, I think that's the first time I've heard it broken down to that level uh, in, in terms of the challenges with the transfer portal. Um, and so, so it, it, it kind of brings me to, obviously, today the unemployment the uninterrupted video dropped. Of course, that's uh, LeBron James and Maverick Carter's company uh, called, uh, I had to make sure I got it here because it's pretty long, Faith and Fight, uh, about the uh, FAMU athletes advocate for change. Um, obviously, you were part of that, uh, you know, as seen through the video. As, as you watch the final cut, what kind of, thoughts come through the mind because I, I would just say for me personally, I did, I, I was wondering about the timing of it for, for me, you know, it dropping right here on the eve of homecoming. Is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it something to just remind alumni, Hey, there's a lot of things that we need your help with. Uh, what, what's your take on just the timing of the video? Did you know it was going to be dropping right here on the eve of, of homecoming right in the middle of the week? Uh, no, I, I did not know that it was going to be dropped um, today. And uh, I actually saw um, a post of it on, on social media, and, and, or the, the Democrat, and um, I was able to click on the link and, and, and view it. And um, you know, one, I thought it was well done. Um, I thought they did a really good job of, of you know, allowing the young men, Xavier Smith, Isaiah Land, Jose, uh, B.J. Bowler, uh, those guys to, to really speak to what it is that they were feeling. Right. I think there were a lot of misconceptions throughout that time, a lot of misinformation um, and assumptions during that time. And uh, and then that, that that doesn't typically go over well. Right. So to, to hear the young men say, hey, this this was never an attack on Dr. Robinson, on the administration, on any particular individual. This was us as students at this university voicing our concerns with issues that affect us and our ability to graduate and play the game that we love. And so because they were able to <clears throat> articulate that in that manner, um, I think people who really are genuinely concerned about the long-term success of Florida A&M and Florida A&M athletics, when they see that, they, they see how it all ties together, right? And, and again, this is bigger than one person. It's bigger than Dr. Robinson. It's bigger than me as a head football coach. Uh, it's incumbent upon all of us to understand the one, the limitations that we have because we are a low resource institution, right? We don't have the, the, the abundance of resources and the financial resources that the power five schools have. And so it's going to force us to be creative. It's going to force us to be innovative and it's going to force us to work together and find ways to, to provide the opportunities that these young men and women deserve, right? If we want to continue to compete at the highest level. And so, again, I, I thought it was another opportunity for us to come together um, and, and figure out collectively how we can help FAMU move forward because we're all rattlers. We all love this place. 
We all pour into it every single day. Coach, alum, you know, faculty member, student, you name it. If you wear this orange and green, we know you love FAMU. And so what can we together do to make sure that the stuff that's put out about us are positive things, right? Because there are a lot of phenomenal things that are going on and that are happening here every single day. And we don't want the attention to be on the, the, the negative stuff, right? And so did I think it was bad timing? No, I don't think information is ever bad timing because I think it's an opportunity. Regardless of the, the, the feeling about it immediately or the perception of it, it's an opportunity for us to look introspectively and say, what am I doing, right? Am I part of the problem or am I part of the solution? And we're committed to being part of the solution here uh, within this program. And I know that uh, President Dr. Robinson is on board. I knew athletic director uh, Tiffany Don Sykes is on board, the board of trustees, um, our faithful alum. Uh, everyone's on board to make sure that this uh, moves us in the right direction. And, and I'm excited to see where we go. Thank you for that. Kelvin, give me the last word, last question there for Coach. Coach, I 100% agree with you, and I support the, the, the how it was done. I thought it was very well done. And, again, it's about the student-athlete experience. As someone who's been an administrator, who's been there uh, trying to advocate, also as far as uh, trying to get resources to do uh, things that we should be doing, uh, the story has to be told. Uh, it's the truth. It's honest. And hopefully it's motivational. Um, I would love to see this move beyond talk and, and, and more into the arena of action. And um, in, in the arena of action about pre-planning and, and, and fundraising and, 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 and working, as you say, as a team, truly. Uh, being led by the experts, right? Sometimes the, the reality is, yes, we low resources and there's some things we can't do. But there's a lot of things we can do. And um, if we allow the folks with the athletic aptitude to uh, to lead a lot of the decisions that happen, um, then I think HBCUs, it's, not, it's just not a family thing. I just think HBC, HBCUs in general, um, there's an opportunity um, to, to, to get to that next level. Um, so um, I, I appreciate the I, 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 tr- I appreciate the transparency, and I, I think it will serve us well if if we listen, and then that motivate us to 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 uh, ask more. We we talk about on this show all the time. We're doing more with more. Uh, you know, we we do we do a lot with less. Um, that's nothing to brag about to me. Right? <laughs> we need to be doing more and more. These kids putting you know your U.S. coaches, your staff. Uh, you know, you, you put your, you, you know, a lot of time in this thing. You want to win, you be successful, and and we owe you all um, the the resources to do that. Now, my that's my soapbox issue right for now. But what I wanted to, you to talk about is having Coach Spady back. Uh, it was a real joy to see him um, return and so forth, uh, and, and just you know do what he loves. I know that he loves, and then. Um, to, to recover, just talk about, you know, having them back as part of the program and so forth and um, that whole ordeal. Yeah. Uh, you know, first I know I speak for coach Spady and his wife, Barbara um, and his kids, um, you know, Jalen and Mason, um, when they say that they truly appreciate everyone, um, you know, who supported them during this time, you know, whether it be prayer, um, a kind word or, or even financially, 
you know, this was a trying time for, for Coach. And, um, you know, again, he's a very uh, prideful guy, um, a very intense, passionate guy. And, and so when he had the episode uh, up in Chapel Hill, um, I knew nothing of it until after the game. You know, he started having some complications during the game, but just because he's an old ball coach and, and, and you know, been a head coach and didn't want to disrupt the flow of the game or me calling plays, you know, really didn't speak to some of the things that he was facing. And so once I found out, I, one, I was upset with him because <laughs> I, I hope you don't think I'm that type of coach that is more concerned about winning a game than, you know, um, the health of one of my coaches or players as I joke with him about that. But, you know, that, that month, uh, month and a half period for him was, was very trying, right? You know, we take for granted um, the senses that we have. You know, some of the things that, you know, to wake up every day and you still can see, you can smell, you can taste. You, I think some of us kind of got a little bit of that during COVID when we lost our taste for a little bit when we saw how important taste is, right? And um, so for him to, to, to go that period uh, without his eyesight was, was very challenging for him. And, um, you know, his wife, Barbara, had to fly back from Arizona, and uh, you know, help uh, you know, help him move around and take care of him. And uh, you know, he had he had an operation a few weeks ago that uh, gave him a lot of his sight back. And now it's starting to slowly come back to a level where he can hopefully get all of it back. But just to be back out there with the guys, um, you see a smile on his face. You know, you see him just you see a difference in him and his in his demeanor and his attitude. Uh, he had been around. Come he'd come to some games. He'd come to the field house. Um, you know, every now and then, but you just see a, a change in his countenance now, being that he's able to be out there, being in the staff room with us, game planning, and all those things. So, uh, you know, it, it reminds us to not take for granted the things that we're blessed to have, right? Because, like, we tell the players, and we tell the players all the time, but I think even for us as adults, you know, that message brings true for us to, to not take for granted the ability to, you know, go on your job every day, you know, hug your kids every day, tell your, your significant other, that you love her, you know, all him or her, you know, all those things that we uh, just, that become mundane, right? We do them over and over and over again. And, you know, we just take them for granted. And, and coach found himself unable to do something that he's done for close to 30 years, which is coach the game of football. And, and not being able to do that really, really um, affected him in, in a profound way. And so now that he's back, uh, we're excited about it. We're happy for him. And, um, you know, we, we, we're encouraging him to continue to, to listen to his body. You know, we don't want to push him too hard. Um, you know, he's, he's still on the field. He's coaching, but taking it easy, you know, just to make sure that he's able to, to continue to, to, to be healthy and do the things he wants to do. But, uh, again, can't say enough of how much Rattler Nation and, and others uh, came to the, to, to the plate to really help take care of Coach during that time. And uh, it, it speaks to what the family – is all about, truly about, and um, it, it's another reminder that this is a truly special place. And we, you know, we fight amongst each other. And um, it's old Tupac lyric, you know, we fight amongst each other. And I promise you this, we'll, we'll burn it down if you get us pissed, right, together. We're going to fight amongst each other sometimes. And we've done that, you know, but, but when it's time to come together, we show that we can pull together better than anyone. And that's why I'm so excited about the future of this place, you know, we, we went through a rough patch earlier this year, but, hey, that's that's a part of it, right? Sometimes, you know, you got to let that, that, that sore scab over a little bit, and now let's right. heal, continue to heal and continue to grow and get better and get stronger, and that's what FAMU's doing, and uh, we're excited about the new leadership, and uh, brighter days are definitely ahead for this athletic program, 
uh, for this university and uh, for everything that is FAMU. So happy homecoming, everyone, and I uh, look forward to seeing everyone yeah. packed and brag uh, this weekend. Yes, Over sir. Over. Yes, sir. Over, Coach. Thanks, hey, coach. Uh, thank you for your well time said. tonight. Yes, sir. Well said. Uh, thanks for your time, Coach. Uh, good luck uh, this Saturday, and we're going to enjoy watching this uh, uh, last uh, stretch rundown as we, uh, you know, try to try to finish up strong. So we appreciate your effort. Appreciate you, Coach, most definitely. And uh, all right. Well, hey, have, have a good night. Get some sleep, Coach. Get some rest tonight. All right. Uh, no, no rest, no rest, no weird. I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm gonna find wherever Kevin going. He dressed too nice. So I'm gonna figure out wherever he's going. <laughs> and I'm gonna do there it is. There it is. Kel, you gotta lead. You gotta lead us, Kel. You gotta lead us. All right, Coach. Appreciate your time tonight. Take care. Hello. All right. All right. All right. That's uh, head ball coach, Coach Willie Simmons, uh, joining us. Hey, we're going to uh, take a break. Come back. We're going to head uh, from the field to the court. And talk to our other head, uh, our other uh, big big time head coach, head coach uh, Robert McCullum, our head men's basketball coach. On the other side, you're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. This is the dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Caville of Dr. Caville's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Dismissed. It's been difficult because I hadn't been able to see my grandchildren. An expression on someone's face when you do something nice for them. I miss all my friends in school. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccine. The Sweet and Smoky Salmon Rub infuses smoked black pepper with dehydrated maple syrup, pink Himalayan salt, ginger, thyme, mustard and more to make a sweet savory rub perfect for salmon trout and other delicate seafood the cuvee group is a florida-based marketing and training consulting firm we help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation we also help to expand their audiences which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations in addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay.
Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the... Yeah. Music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, Plus, and more. That's seven times the entertainment! Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. Welcome back to the OMG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway. And now it's a pleasure to be joined by head men's basketball coach, Coach Robert McCullum. Uh, coach, how you doing? Happy homecoming week, Coach. Thanks so much. Um, homecoming is always special, always special for our players. And just, you know, just anyone affiliated with, affiliated with the university, past, present, and uh, it's a time of year when, you know, excitement is at an all-time high on, you know, on, on so many levels, so many good things going on and uh, i was on the tail end of uh coach simmons uh you know remarks comments there and so again you know so many people it's just another opportunity for them to show their appreciation uh and what what fam you meant to them what fam you still means to them and the impact that it's had on so many lives uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious. It made me think, you know, we were talking offline about what homecoming, the challenges of the, of the scheduling is for the team. But my question for you is, are you are you sort of are you envious or are you OK with the fact that a big event like homecoming is not during your season? Or would you want a big event like homecoming happening during your season? You know, I think there's sometimes could be some good and bad with that. You know, I, I don't know. What, what's what's your thought on uh, on something like that? No, no, I, I've I've never I've never had those those feelings or those or those thoughts. I mean, I'm 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 a realist. I mean, I know I know the popularity of of uh, of football uh, in, in America. Uh, also, from a from a scheduling standpoint, uh, it's it's just it, it's a lot easier. It's, it's more. There, there are schools who do have homecoming. Those schools who in conferences where they don't have football. So there, there are schools and, and that may be the only homecoming they have. It's, a, it's around men's women's basketball. But, but uh, I mean, I've, I've worked at so many universities where I mean, homecoming is homecoming. There's no bigger weekend uh, during the entire academic year as far as, as far as I'm concerned. So no matter if you were a student athlete or not, it, it doesn't matter. You still, you, 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 if you get an opportunity, you come back to campus, you're connecting with, with old friends, old classmates. Um, you know, it's just, it's just so much going on. And um, so it's a time that, that I have, I have a great, great deal of appreciation for. And I, you know, I don't, I don't think what sport you coach or you, you're a part of, 
I think uh, everyone can rally around rally around uh, homecoming and all that homecoming stands for. And you guys know as well as I, at so many places, um, a lot of people don't even attend the game. Just just think of sure. the, the, if the tailgaters were would attempt to 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 get in the game, there would not be room for them. Right. So so right. again, I think right. that in and of itself it speaks to uh, that homecoming means so much more than than just the game itself or just the specific sport itself. So you you're doing all of those things around, you know, the football game and the fact that the football team. You know, it's, it's winning, it's having a good year, five-game winning streak. All those things, you know, matters a great deal, needless to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's, uh, with, with the season coming up right around the corner uh, as the team opens up, let's talk about this team for a second, Coach. This is, uh, I went back and I watched uh, the media day session again and uh, because I, I'm still – I'm still uh, – look, we, we were preseason picked fifth in the SWAC by the SWAC, whoever – I call them the SWAC cabal, the people who do these preseason things. I, I don't know who they are, but they, they do the preseason selections and all that stuff. They, they picked us fifth in the conference, which I thought was great considering the fact that this is a whole new squad coming in this year. Uh, nine new players. Uh, by my count, we have nine junior college transfers – uh, we lose our top seven scorers are gone. What what is talk a little bit about your mindset, enthusiasm, whatever it is that this team has? What can Rattler Nation look forward to from this new group of guys? Uh, this team would would be uh, perhaps one of our more athletic teams. Um, so a lot of people that have, that have just seen our team across campus or what have you, uh, their, their immediate comments of, boy, y'all are big. Y'all look really big. Well, it is certainly not our biggest team, but I, I think more specific, specifically, we'll have the biggest wings that we've had. You know, we've got, we've got more guys. Uh, in that six five to six six range than than we've had, uh, which and uh, to just kind of give you a point, okay, what what does all that mean specifically? It means defensively. That's where it could be have a great advantage because it would enable. We, we like to switch a lot anyway, and so when you've got a lot of guys similar size, uh, it really gives you an opportunity to do a lot of switching which gives you a chance to really disrupt what teams want to do offensively without putting you uh, at, a, at a disadvantage. We only have two scholarship guys that's uh, – two scholarship guys are 6'2". All, every, everyone else is taller. And I would like to – in an ideal situation, I would like to not have but one of those 6'2 guys in the game at a time. I don't know if we'll quite be able to do that. But again, you know, if you could put a bigger lineup out there where, give you an example, the way Florida State plays. Florida State, uh, I don't know the last time they've had a player that was shorter than 6'4". And so they switch everything. And so their, their, their bigs, their fours and five men are so athletic 
they they can match up with guards because of their athleticism. And so uh, with with bigger wings, that's what we'll be better able to do. So defensively, with our size, and that, that's an advantage that we can have. And we've got to find a lot of those advantages to sort of offset, you know, just the, the lack of experience, the lack of uh, familiarity and those kinds of things. Kelvin, go ahead. So, Coach, talk a little bit about um, the offensive side of, of uh, I'm sorry, of the team. I, I know you like to build uh, your teams on on defense, Coach. You Is there? he frozen? Hello. Yeah, I think I think yeah. You there? He, he might have got sniped. No, I think Coach is there. I hear his audio, but we may have lost his picture there for a second. So let's give Coach a second here. There he is. We got you now, Coach. Yes, yeah, we got you now. We got you. Go ahead, Kelvin. Repeat your question. I can't. I can't see Kelvin's face. Is what I was like. The the two Um, screenshots of me. Okay, you probably you, you might you might have your picture over my over my picture. Well, there's two, there's two, there's two pictures of me, and that's what I was trying to. Yeah, so move one of those pictures. It's okay, Coach. I'm here. Okay, okay. (laughs) I I can hear you. All right, so so I want you to kind of talk about what you what you anticipate out of your team offensively. Talk about the style of play you anticipate, uh, and how your early season. Um, schedule. Uh, how, do, how, how, how does that you believe enhance your opportunity for this team to grow? As you as you see, say you got a new team, a new team. They are very long. That's one thing I t- I would tell you that I noticed uh, the length of this team, um, which uh, immediately immediately made me think of uh, uh, you know Florida State and, and that their style of play. Also, I know you like to lay your head on the defensive side, but you know just kind of talk about. Um, um, what you expect offensively? Who, who some of the key players, and and then your early season um, competition. Well, you know, offensively, as you know, offense takes a lot longer to 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 get established, to develop, to develop continuity and chemistry. And of a, a, a nine a nine player, someone mentioned that a nine. Uh, not all nine or JUCO trip. Two of them are out of the transfer portal. Well, one one from uh, Lamar University in Beaumont, Texas, and then a second one is from is Brown Brown University in Ivy League. He's actually he's a grad transfer. Uh, and then there's there's one high school kid in the group, but uh, offense takes a lot longer, and that's an area, quite frankly, where we we, we struggle. We uh, not as far along as I, I hope we would be. Um, but uh, Byron Smith, a 6'2 guard, combo guard from TCC, who who made uh, the all-conference team. You, you make all-conference in that, in that league. You, that's impressive, just because year in and year out, a team from that, from that conference, I don't know, I think you can go back, eight, 10 years, and a team from that conference has finished in the top four or five nationally. 
and and that really really speaks volumes for that how good the teams are top to bottom and for example uh, northwest uh won the national title this past season so for him to make all conference you know in the league with chipola and gulf coast that's that speaks volumes he's from played at pk young in gainesville and actually played his first two years at southeast Uni- university uh southeast of louisiana and so you know he brings a, a lot of experience he can play both guard spots and uh he's been a little slow you know, really get in the offense, but yet he's one that has a lot of a lot of possibilities. Just one we really expecting a lot from. Then there's a the other six two player is uh, Jordan Tillman from Pine Bluff, played at the JUCO uh, Corner State in Oklahoma. He's the team's best defender, probably the toughest, real tough, hard nosed guy. And he's one you kind of got to rein him in every now and then. But I'd rather have a player you have to rein in than one you got to kind of tell him to giddy up. Uh, he's a he's a lefty, and uh, so those two guys from in the backcourt, and then there's Jalen Bates, uh, six five and a half player from Atlanta. He he'll arguably be. It wouldn't be a stretch to say he'll be one of the five or six best athletes in the SWAT. And so we're trying to play him in a, in a similar. Uh, style Kelvin as we played Bryce Moraine. And so he's, he's, he's more skilled than Bryce, and we're trying to get him to, to rebound the ball the way Bryce rebounded it and just be, you know, Bryce was like a middle, the equivalent of a middle linebacker in football or, you know, a, a safety. And he, he was just the glue to everything we did uh, defensively and so we're trying to get Jalen to to take on that role, uh, but again, the, athletically, I mean, that gosh, he, he's a, he's an incredible athlete, and so uh, with his versatility, uh, he's he's uh, he's six five and a half, probably two ten, and he's he's very capable of of having a, having a, a, a good year. It's just a matter of how soon they'll be able to make that transition. Scheduling wise, Kelvin, there's been no change in terms of, you know, the challenging teams we, we open up with. We'll open the season at, at Oregon. And uh, while out there, we will we'll add two money games. So the Oregon game is interesting. We've played them twice before in a guarantee game. But this game is part of the, the uh, first annual Pac-12 SWAC challenge which I, I think I mentioned this to you all before the last time I was on, that's historical. And it's, uh, it's uh, again, uh, our commissioner, Charles McClellan, is just, he's just raised the bar, raised the bar. He's raised the statue uh, of the SWAC just continuously. And then you, you all may be aware, uh, he's on the, he'll chair the, the selection committee for the NCAA selection show next year. Tell you what, there's no AD in the country that would not do anything to to get that position. It didn't get any bigger than that. Being the chair of the NCAA selection committee. And again, uh, so he's he's helped put together the SWAT challenge. So Oregon will come to us next year. 
and uh, we haven't, you know, obviously the, the specifics haven't come out, but the date's not ideal. But you get uh, Perina, your top 20 team, coming to Tallahassee to the Lawson Center, and it'll be shortly right after the Classic. And uh, so already I've got visions of hopefully we can sell the place out. But uh, and while we're out there, we'll play Portland and Oregon State University. So we'll play three games. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to play three games uh, in, all within 100 miles of each other. And so that's how we'll we'll kick off the season before a trip to Miami. And then we'll come back and uh, open the home portion of the schedule uh, against Albany State, much as our football team opened with Albany State. All right. Go for Go ahead. Because, hey, so, hey, uh, um... let, let me let me. If I can, let me go back to scheduling because I, I really want to uh, mention this in the event I'm not on again before this happened. Speaking of uh, impacts that our commissioner has made, we're also fortunate this year to play the University of Kentucky and not just play them, but this too, this has our, our commissioner's hands all, all over it. He convinced John Calipari to commit to a five-year plan. It's called the Unity Series. So for five years, he agreed to play a SWAC team. And last year was the first year they played Southern because uh, Southern's coach, Sean Woods, played at Kentucky. And you all may remember the, 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 the play that uh, you'll forever see every year going into the, the, the NCAA tournament when Chris, Kristen Leitner Caught the length of the court pass right. to make to for Duke to beat Kentucky right. to go to the Final Four. Right. Well, Sean Woods, Sean Woods had just made the shot to put Kentucky up. So anyway, because of course he played there, so the first game was naturally would be against this Southern team. So we kind of managed to get bumped up. We got to next, so we'll we'll play them. And so what's what's historical significant about that game is. Kentucky will recognize a former player from Kentucky, and we have the opportunity to recognize a former any any alum uh, from family. It doesn't have to be someone to play sports. And so I I nominated uh, Clement Johnston. I'm proud to have done it. So that night, Kentucky will honor a player uh, who's the first black. Uh, to to graduate, first black basketball player to graduate from Kentucky, and they'll honor Clement Johnson uh, that night. And of course, he and his family will all be there. So I'm really really happy uh, about that. And there'll be some other uh, things that that both teams will do. Both teams will travel to Cincinnati, uh, which is about hour 15 minute drive from Lexington, the, the day before the game, and just kind of take part in some some activities. At the uh, at the uh, underground uh, underground railroad museum uh, in in Cincinnati, so they're really just making uh, you know just some uh, cultural uh, historical uh, uh, you know uh, areas uh, to as part of the unit of the series, just kind of a really kind of making it making it educational, so. Again, really, really looking forward to that. 
and that would be December 21st. So I, I, I did not want to, to pass up the opportunity to share with you all the honor that Clement Johnson is going to receive. And he was so, felt so, so good, you know, about, about uh, being so honored. Awesome. Go ahead, Kofi. Well, Coach, I mean, that's all of that's all of that's really amazing, man. So I know that, um, you know, in terms of basketball, um, and and your time here, I mean, like you're a fixture, you're one of the pillars, and I want to say guardians of family athletics. So right now, how has the program progressed? And I want to say, have you had the opportunity to meet with our new AD and get a feel for where we're headed in the next three to five years? Very, very good question. I uh, actually uh, had a first phone conversation with her a couple of days ago and uh, actually met her in person today. She actually came by to Gaither to while we're, to, uh, to watch us practice some today. So I got to meet her and introduced her to the players. Actually, she actually saw some of the guys uh, working out this morning. So it says a lot about her, the guys where they lift at 7 a.m. So she she got to catch them in the weight room a little bit. So that tells you, you know, it's part of the day. So um, happy for her. And obviously as a member of the uh, family coaching staff, I'm, I'm all in and she deserves the support of all of us. And she's going to need all of our, all of our support. It's the only way she's going to be successful. The other part of your question, I, I, I unfortunately, I can't, I can't comment right now on what next two, three, four years will look like. I, I, I wish I, I wish I could. I, I, I have an idea of what's, what's needed, what's necessary, and, and like if, if you asked Coach Simmons, he would have told you the same thing. We, we've got to have greater resources. It's, it's, it's no secret. And I don't mean to, to make excuses or whatever, but it is what it is. And and uh, we, quite frankly, we seemingly will fall in farther and farther behind uh, our conference uh, brethren in terms of in terms of resources. And I mean, we we it's no secret we're a long way behind, uh, not necessarily in this order, but Alabama State. Prairie View in Jackson State. I mean, we are a long way. Mm. And I kid you not, we're a long, long way behind those schools. What do those schools have that we currently don't right now? Well, let, let me just say, let me just say this. Their budgets are almost double. What, what our athletic budget is that's that's the biggest thing and right. at the end of the day that's 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 what it's all about and um you know, i think that there may be one or two schools in the league who begun to give cost of attendance and so you know that's based on ncaa based on those all those other things that a student needs uh it's factored in seasonal clothing, uh, cost of travel to and from school, all those things. So those, those, those things could 
they they can vary from you know four five hundred dollars a month to three four thousand five thousand dollars a month you know all based on what it costs for a student to attend school where you you know it, and so that's what it's based on so we, we're not we're, we're not giving cost of attendance and of course you know the impact of, of the nil and uh so uh some of the schools we compete against like for this like let's look let's go back to the MEAC, for example ant central just the, the, the their recruiting budget i mean the places that they travel to the money they spend during the year recruiting um i can count the number of flights for a recruiting trip that my staff and i have taken on one hand since i've been here mm. and, and and i have i have at least one if not two fingers left <laughs> so so we we are almost forced for our recruiting to be Local. very regional. So we we go we'll go. Um, Atlanta is a, is just it's just a hotbed. So you can draw a mile, fifty miles around Atlanta. I mean, and there's there's so much town. So we spend a lot of time over there. But we also go over there quite a bit because there are a number of events over there where you you can see players from other areas of the country as well. So we could go see a kid in Atlanta. And we may be able to see him in a, in a two or three day period, we could see him and his team play three, four, five times. And we still say we like the need to get down to Miami or get down to Tampa to see a kid. But, but again, we stretching our dollars by attending those events, you know, uh, in, in, in Atlanta, we were at one at West Georgia university, uh, a few weeks ago. And so we do, we do that, but yet, it, it, it comes down it comes down to money and so that's uh, that's just an area where you know hopefully money does a lot of things money helps you in recruiting money enables you to go and look at a, a different caliber player maybe maybe he's in canada you know maybe he's in the dc area and uh, it also enables you to say okay we're going to offer a uh cost of attendance so now we 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 can go to school a lot of players prospects will look at us we'll be more appealing to them because okay now troy state office is office office cost of attendance so now we've negated that advantage you know that say a troy state would otherwise uh have over us and you, you may find this interestingly interesting, but we actually find ourselves competing more against um, Stetson, Jacksonville, North Florida, uh, a lot of the ASUN, OVC, Big South schools, quite frankly, than we do a lot of the SWAC schools. So I guess that's actually a good thing then you know um in terms of you know because some of those the the especially i want to say stetson or the, the schools that you just named are not i want to say necessarily doormat teams but you know at the same time 
we have an opportunity to be pretty competitive with those, especially a son. But, you know, I, I you know, all Rattlers want to see us have success. Um, they want to see us win. And I think that, you know, just really being able to communicate uh, the strategy of what's next and, and, and how we can get to that next level and how they can participate in the building of the program, I think is really paramount and key. Um, let me ask you this. So is there a scenario where you would welcome the band to go to or part of the band or a pet band to go to Kentucky with you? Or when is that game? Uh, are you are you kidding me? I'm asking. Of course. <laughs> of course we would. Of course. December 21st, Absolutely. Wednesday, December 21st. Okay. Yeah, so that that makes it that makes it challenging because they would have already been out, you know, finals would have been over, you know, a week. So so that that part is not really that's 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 not realistic unfortunately given you know, given given the date. But uh, you know, again, and I, I'm sure you 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 all have had conversations about this, and uh, maybe with Coach Simmons or others. But the NIL that's not going away, and so you know, any you know boosters or interested parties, uh, I mean, that's something. The sooner that we there are opportunities for for prospects, uh, NIL opportunities, that too. It's going to make us a lot more attractive, you know. Perhaps it you you've already heard. I mean, Jackson State. You know, some of those prospects they just signed. There were NIL opportunities. And, For and so again, uh, I can't say specifically. I wouldn't be surprised, but I know there was some for football. Uh, okay. And so again, that's 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 where we are, and that's. That that's not going away, and so we. When I say we, I mean all interested parties. Uh, we we we've, we've got to find a way to to take that next step. That's that next step. We really want to elevate men's women's basketball. You really want to elevate football. The NIL is not going anywhere. As a matter of fact, uh, you know there's a there's a the the NCAA is kind of at it again. You've got con- you've got Congress involved. You they back in back in court now. So what does that mean? The NCAA could be forced to repay athletes from the last two or three years. Money that players athletes should have been entitled to. You have an idea how much money that that could be? Football, men's, women's basketball. So again, it's not it's not going anywhere, and so uh, you know again you, those those are the things that have to in order for for us to to stay competitive. Let, let me let me let me say more specifically for us, and as you all know, and Kelvin knows all too well because he's not only has he been a part of it from from an administrator, but he, he's literally traveled with the team. So. Uh, we, we've got to get to a point, and, and this is going to be my conversation with the administration. We play all these guarantee games. We have to get to a point where we can keep some of the money for our program. Absolutely. You know, and so you you say absolutely. I hear surprise in your voice that we aren't already. 
but right. but but yeah but but again so that's how the other schools in the SWAC that's how they are increasing the coaches salaries the head coaches salaries the assistant coaches salaries uh you know this past year was the first year my staff went to the final four so when the final four takes place that's our national convention is held in in conjunction where as a as a coach or administrator you you should you're supposed to be entitled to attend at least one convention a year so and think about what i just said this past season was the first time that my staff has ever attended the national convention so you know there, there are just things like that you know we've got to get the salaries up and uh so and the thing about it all these things are all these things should be doable you know it, it's none of those things are, are far-fetched but it's just an example you know you know of, of how far you know you know that that, that gap it, it just can't continue to widen you know very much more and then for facilities are all it's it's going to constantly be a, a, a race and uh so that's that's there's always going to be room you know you know people people look at they walk into the lawson center and say wow this is impressive and for a spectator it is but mm-hmm. you know you you get behind the scenes you get where where those players go when they leave the floor when you know when they go to the locker room their player lounge those 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 two are areas that are that are that, that are really lacking and so the, you know again those, those are things that these things are are, are are crucial these are just almost absolute must in in thing in terms of what things that you have to have to be to be a competitive program and right now these are issues that texas up texas southern not having these conversations trust me no, and they not. and they haven't had these these conversations or concerns in you know probably close to ten years at least. Right. Uh, well, hey, coach. Uh, we we know the the season is right around the corner. Uh, we're gonna call all of our rattlers in the northwest. I mean, there's a good rattler. There's a there's a good rattler base up in the northwest. Absolutely. I got a good friend. I, I got a good friend, uh, Nikinge, who's out that way, and I know she'll be uh, rallying up or people in the Portland and the Oregon area. Uh, the season starts in Oregon, November 7th. That whole week, you're in Oregon, then at Portland, and then Oregon State. Uh, that whole week, uh, that first full week of the college basketball season, uh, hopefully some of those games will get uh, on those local broadcasts out there in the West Coast. So it'll be late night with the Rattlers. Uh, for those of us who like to stay up late watching college basketball, that's my favorite week of the year, that first week of the college basketball season. So um, coach will definitely uh, stay up and wish you guys much uh, success out on the road and we'll be paying attention. And then once the uh, final home schedule comes out, we'll be doing everything we can to make sure Rattler Nation gets out to the Lawson Center to check out you guys uh, the course of this year. So uh, thanks for your time this evening. Any, any closing words real quick, coach, that you want to get in? Yes, thank you. Uh, she and I have already spoken. I actually met her. Okay, I bet. I bet. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, you know, at at, uh, at the National Alumni Convention, this was my the third one that I attended since I've been here, 
And so once they talk about that, 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 that North Pacific Northwest, that Northwest group, I kind of turn my attention to them and, and let them know we're coming out. So she and I, we we exchanged numbers. We've had, you know, two or three phone calls, text messages. So we're really looking forward to that. Uh, I anticipate that both the Oregon and the Oregon state game will be televised on PAC 12 network. Okay. Which is, which is always good. And then one more thing I can't, all I can mention is that we're, we're recruiting him, but uh, we really, really tickle about, um, you know, a, a young man from uh, from Polk County, from from Winter Haven High School. I can comment, I can say that we're recruiting him. So uh, the rules allow me to say that, that yes, we are recruiting KJ Parker <laughs> from okay. from Winter Haven High School, and nice. uh, so. Nice. You, you all you, you all are knowledgeable about Polk County, and uh, so he he was the uh, the starting point guard on on Bar for Bartow that won the state championship two years ago, and he just moved over to Winter Haven, who's loaded, and yeah. uh, they have one of the top ten players in the state who just committed to Georgia, and uh, uh, Coach uh, Ladon Gibson, a former women's hit basketball coaches the AD there. Oh, so, nice. So nice. Again, I, I'm excited. I'm excited about uh, about uh, uh, what's what's going on uh, from from a, from a recruiting standpoint uh, from Polk County. All right. But uh, Love I, to hear it. always, I, I appreciate you guys' support, and uh, I really really appreciate it. it. Means a great deal. And uh, Kelvin, man, it's, it's uh, hopefully I'll see you this weekend. Where the tailgate at, Coach? You gonna be in the same I'm, spot? I'm gonna be where y'all are. I'm gonna be where y'all are. We're gonna be in the same spot, man. I've been trying to get you to come by, man. I got a, I got a package for you. Won't even come. I got. If you knew, if you knew the demand for what I have for you, you would have <laughs> done it. Uh, coach, say hey. no more. Coach, say no more, Coach. I will it, personally. Coach. Well, shoot, I will find you. I will find you around the whole show. Coach, you want the whole show? I'm gonna do. Hey man, Al Lawson's Al Lawson's Al Lawson's been by. Alan Williams has been by. I can go on and yeah, on and on. No Kelvin. I, I no, got him, no coach. I got him, coach. I got him. My, my I got him. I got him, coach. I got him. Hey, 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 he the same. He the same on on national broadcast. I got that. I got him. TV right there. He did. He said that's the only way he gonna get you. Boy, he put you out there, didn't he, Kelvin? Good job. Yeah, yeah, all right. yeah, I'm coming, Coach. That's all right. All right. Hey, uh, appreciate you, Coach, and uh, we'll see you this weekend. Uh, be good out there, okay. Coach, all right? All right. Okay, sounds good. Appreciate you guys. All right. Thanks, Thank you. Again, that's uh, head coach right. Robert McCullum. Right. Hey, look, uh, real quick before we go to break, this, uh, this non-conference schedule is one of the toughest in the country. Listen to this non-conference schedule and the Power 5 teams that we play at Oregon, at Oregon State, at Miami, at Florida, at Georgia, at Louisville, at Kentucky, at Purdue. At it Right now, only two of those teams are in the top 25. Uh, Kentucky's four, Oregon's 21. But in the last two years, All of those teams have been in the top 25 in the last two seasons. 
that's how ridiculous our schedule is. And that's not even including the home games. We don't even know how many home games. I know uh, we're still working on contracts and trying to get all that squared away, but that's the road schedule. Good God. So, hey, I, I let's 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 hope these boys uh, with with they with they win. Look, they they came to FAMU for a reason. Hopefully, you came to play against some of the best in the country because you show about to play them. Definitely. Hey, hey. Uh, I let any, you know any thoughts? I I get a vote. I'm one of the I'm one of the coaches. I oh, vote. Coach is still there. Okay. <laughs> I know coach is still there. Uh, hold on, bring Coach back in then, Producer Mel. Hold on. If he's still there, go ahead. Bring him back in real quick. Why not? Is he still there? Did Am he I go there? away? I'm here. I'm here. I, we hear you, Coach. We hear you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say, say oh, what okay. you want to say. I was just going to say, uh, it, it, I think it will come out next week, but I, I'm one of the voters in the coaches poll, in the coaches US News, US, USA Today top coaches poll. I'm, I'm one of the voters. So I gotta, okay. I gotta see if I can get some of these other people up in that top twenty-five. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Coach, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta readjust my voting. <laughs> so, hey, this, right. this, this is a heck of a schedule. This is a heck of a schedule, Coach. Uh, hey, so um, hey, whew. all right. Well, that, hey, the guys came to FAMU to play, so you are gonna get to play against the best. So that that's what we that's what we see already. So, uh, all right. Well, hey, uh, again, thank, thank you, you Coach. Thank you for your t- – thank you. All right. Hey, we're going to go to break. You. You're watching the ONG – you're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Ryan Colford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. 
Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a good thing going. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404 698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com for instant coupons text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131 Mango's Caribbean Restaurant Authentic Caribbean Cuisine Kelvin Kofi here, uh, coming up here, final 10 minutes of the show, uh, so a lot of stuff that I uh, had planned, talk about, we just kind of tossed that over there, because uh, we got to, we, we got to wrap it up here, uh, so we'll, hey, be, be looking out for an announcement, we may do like a Twitter Spaces tomorrow night, like a, uh, a second edition of the ONG, stuff that we didn't get to on this episode, we may do as a Twitter spaces. Um, real quick, I do have to mention, I want to mention our volleyball program. Obviously, football, we talked about basketball. Uh, just a real quick mention that the uh, the ladies we we uh, we beat, but BCU, uh, when was that? When was that? Monday, Friday. Friday, Saturday? Friday, yeah. So this past week, uh, so pretty much they, the team will have almost like a week off. Uh, not, let me say a week between games. I shouldn't say off because there's uh, – so, hey, the one thing is at least they'll get a chance to enjoy maybe up to Friday of homecoming. I would imagine they probably aren't leaving until Saturday. I don't know. We'll be interested to see when they leave. But Sunday morning, they play Southern University at 10 o'clock Eastern. I think that's 10 Eastern, 9 Central. It may actually be 10 Central. I'm not really sure here. Uh, then they play Sunday afternoon against Texas Southern. Then on Monday morning, the 31st, they take on Alcorn State. And then, of course, Wednesday, next Wednesday uh, at 2 p.m., they take on the University of North Florida. So that's a, an opportunity for the student body to really get out and go watch them in the afternoon. Hopefully, that's a two-afternoon game. So, um We'll talk more about the Lady Rattlers uh, tomorrow on tomorrow's show. Um, I had some other news and notes regarding basketball, which we'll also talk about tomorrow. Uh, last week's SWAC, man, we're not going to talk about that because that's gone and over. Time is wasting here. So let's get into this week's games, okay? Um, and we'll just run down. Did you? Is there anything you wanted to talk about last week's games quickly? Anybody? Kofi? Kelvin? Uh, good, well, good I mean, you wasn't playing. Good, 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 good week good. for the swag out of conference. Okay. We, we, we beat Lamar. We beat we we beat we beat uh, Camel, Campbell, whatever they is. You know the Camel. Say Camel, Camel, the humpbacks. Camel. Yeah, we yeah, we beat them. So so oh, you know we had, we had some good out of conference wins. And um, uh, now that we get into this week, boy, there's a lot of big games this week in the swag. Oh man, yes there are. Uh, anything you want to add about last week, Kofi, real quick? 
It's your hump day dance. It's your chance. Do the hump. Hey. I'm sure that's not. Oh, hey, way, way to go, South Carolina State. Way to go, South Carolina State. That's having our, point, our strength of schedule. Yeah, for real. Do the hump day hump. Uh, do the hump day hump. Sorry about that. Yeah, it does. <laughs> no, nah, but, you know, all of that's good, but we can go on to this week. Uh, I think, right. you know, this, but I think this is, you know, this overall, it's a good opportunity for HBCU football. Um, you know, North Carolina A&T has, has, has playoff aspirations right there in front of them. Tennessee State, if they conference. went out, they have aspirations in front of them. Uh, if FAMU wins out, the opportunity is there. There was a guy that did a little projection stuff. Out there, but Stay you know, effective. the remaining part of our schedule is indeed a doozy. It is tough. It is not gonna be easy, but we can get it done. So all of that is right there in front of us for the taking. So we just gotta take it. All right. So uh this upcoming Saturday, it starts with uh college game day coming to Jackson, coming to your city, Jackson State Woo-hoo. University. You get uh you get uh, the college game day experience, of course. You know what I love about Rattler Nation? We were so quick. I mean, we wouldn't even let Jackson State have like uh, uh, like 15 minutes to enjoy. We did we, Yeah, we were quick to tell them, oh, look, y'all weren't the first to have them. So, don't, look, don't, you know, I'm like, y'all, calm down, man. Look, they, they know. They know, you know. But anyway, let them have their little uh, moment. You let, know. Right. Let, let them have their little five minutes and – you know, but boy, Rattler Nation was quick to jump down their throat, weren't they? Uh, that was so that was so funny to watch on the uh, over the weekend. Uh, so Southern Jackson State, two first place teams. Southern first place in the West. Jackson State first place in the East. One o'clock on ESPN three, the Boombox, as it's known, but this time it's more of a football showdown. Uh, I'll start with you, Kelvin. What's your take on this on this game, and how do you see this one going quickly? Love it. I think it's going to be a great game. Southern is versatile. They can run and pass. They have a mobile quarterback. Um, so uh, they have the elements to actually win this game. Um, I, right now, I think the weather's going to be, from what I've heard, it might be raining uh, in Jackson. So if that's the case, um, I'm going to still go with Jackson until somebody beat them. Jackson State beat them. But Southern should have beat them last year, actually. You know, they, they let him score two touchdowns in the last, what, four or five minutes, jump ball. So, Southern Southern's not going to be intimidated. They're going to have a lot of fans there. Uh, but until somebody beat Jackson State, I'm sticking with Jackson. Thoughts, Kofi? You know, everything Kelvin said, um, you know, when we played South Carolina State, we had, you know, uh, Shaq was a mismatch, and he's been a mismatch literally for everybody. The thing about Southern is they have multiple Shaq Davises. So, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Uh, This is going to probably be the best wide receiver core that um, Jackson State is going to face um, this year and probably the most athletic or most balanced offensive attack that they will see this year. So it's going to be interesting to see what Dooley has uh, in his game plan going into this game since he faced Jackson State's defense last year in the SWAC championship and what his approach is going to be going forward this year. So, um, like Kelby, you know, if I'm betting my life, I'm not betting going in there saying Southern's going to win the game, but they are capable. This is a rivalry game. 
where your records go out of the window. Uh, these teams fight like forever, and there's been some crazy enders right there in Jackson. So um, I'm looking yeah. forward to a great game. Yeah, I, I, I echo all of those sentiments that you said. I'm especially interested to see what Dooley learned about himself and his tendencies from the SWAC championship game uh, that maybe he does a little bit differently in this contest should the opportunity arise to have a shot at beating Jackson State. And, I, you know, I, for Jackson State, I'm curious to see, can they get off to a good first half? Because they have had their slow starts. And so I know that'll probably probably be one of the points of emphasis is getting off to a good start because you do not want to get down or be uh, maybe 10 points down on Southern at the half. I, I don't think you want to do that. So, again, yeah, that is a 1 o'clock. That may be a central. Uh, 1 o'clock central on ESPN3, yeah. which is essentially just digital. It's digital. You don't have to have the plus subscription. Your normal cable subscription should work, and you can watch it. And of course, college game day is from like, what, 9 or 10 in the morning Eastern until noon. I'll be interested to see how they how they incorporate the HBCU culture, HBCU Southern Jackson State, the history of that matchup. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, game day handles it. Uh, you know, they did a good job back in 08. Uh, with FAMU and Hampton and also back at the uh, MIAC SWAC. So I will not be surprised. Uh, the other big matchup in the SWAT, I'm skipping over some of these other games like Bethune, Prairie View, Alcorn at Grambling, Texas Southern hosting somebody. Alab- the, the Magic City, Alabama State, Alabama A&M. Uh, let's see. Both teams are coming in, I believe, at four and three. Uh, or something to that effect. Somebody may be three and four. What's your take on this one, uh, Kelvin? Another Tossum game. Uh, Alabama State, I think, a little stronger defensively. Alabama and A&M a little stronger offensively. Maynard has owned Alabama State, but, uh, you know, Ed Robinson Jr. is there now, and he is swag. He's swag. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> So we gonna find out, you know, uh, you know, Alabama State need to win this game. We need them to win this game. I, I guess it, either either way, we you know we don't play both of them, but uh, we want teams uh, rolling and on a roll when we play them. When it, so so I'm rooting for Alabama State to win. And I'm gonna go with Alabama State. There you go. I love that philosophy, Kofi. Who you got? Ditto, Alabama State. I think uh, defense yeah. wins championships. Uh, of course, I said that last year, and A&M came and still beat their tail. So, you know, but I, I want to say that the, you know, Bama State's QB situation is a little bit better this year, and that's going to be the difference in the game. See, it's, it, 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 it's, I think their QB situation is better than what it was last year. I don't think it's better than A&M's, though. And for me, that's why I may have to go A&M. In this contest, I, I think AM has the better offense, complete offense. Uh, but, you know, who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, a couple of MEAC contests, which are kind of interesting because it involves teams that we have played or are scheduling. South Carolina State now is sitting 1 0 in the conference after the win against North Carolina Central. They play Morgan State. Uh, a lot of people like Morgan State, even though they're 2 5, 0 2. You know, uh, in any chance that South Carolina State stumbles, Kelvin? There's always a chance. 
It's oh, always a chance. chance. Okay, so who it, do you it, like it, winning the game? Let me let me let me be more direct. Who do you like winning this game? It's uh, at uh, Morgan South State. South Carolina State. No. I chose I chose uh, Buddy Pugh. I ju- I chose Buddy Pugh more. So, uh, 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 the weakness to Morgan State is they secondary. Shaq gonna have a field day. Mm. Well said. So both of you going South Carolina State. Okay. In the other contest, North Carolina Central loses their first conference game. Uh, not really sure what that looks like for them. Although I think a lot. I know me. I had them penciled in the Celebration Bowl. Now I don't know. They play a Dell State team. That is one and one in the conference. This might be an elimination game for somebody. Uh, I hate to say it. Who do you like in this one? North Carolina Central or Dell State? Kelvin? Central. Central. And, you know, but Delaware State is a tricky team. This is a, it's a team that could definitely go and go up to Dover. It's, it's always interesting. It's like going in the Valley. Um, but Central should win this game. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna call this. I'm gonna call this one like I called last week's game with uh, Texas uh, uh, Southern going to Alcorn. Y'all was y'all was adamant they ain't coming up in the homecoming, and I was like, man, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised. But this is my. I would not be surprised if Delaware State pulled this one out, man. Uh, they are tough at home. They solid. They're a solid team. They're tough at home. The Miac is a mess, man. I don't. The, the winner of that conference might have five wins this year, so I, I don't know. I don't. I don't trust Central at this point. Again, after saying last week, I wasn't gonna pick against them. Uh, so, so I, I don't. I, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm gonna go Central, but it wouldn't surprise right. me. It wouldn't surprise me. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, here we go. Homecoming game. FAMU UAPB. Obviously, we all feel very confident. Just a couple of quick numbers here, and then I'll get out of the way. The Bragg Memorial record, which obviously won't get touched today, 33,954 at homecoming back in 1996 against Morgan State. Uh, FAMU is currently 51-13 and 13 in homecoming games. We currently have a three-game winning streak. Did you know that FAMU has had two different 13-game winning streaks during homecoming, we had a 13-game streak running from 1955 to 1967, and we also had a 13-homecoming game streak from 1995 to 2007. That was a, a little bit of history. You mean home game win streak, right? No, the homecoming games. Only that means winning the homecoming game. Okay. So we won. Yeah. We so, so right now so in we. Other in other words, we're not missing college. <laughs> Correct. Yes, yes. It's funny you mentioned missing college because the team that FAMU has the most wins against on homecoming is one Morris Brown University with a 12-0 and record. Uh, and dare I say, can you think of the school that we have the most homecoming game losses to? Tuskegee. Uh, we only lost... There it is. Well, look at you, Kofi. You've been in the history books. Three. I, I love We're actually music. three and three against Tuskegee. So we we don't, it's not like we, there are a couple schools we have losing records to on homecoming games, but it, Tuskegee actually three and three. Three is the most losses any one school has. All right. So bowl prediction time. Uh, we haven't seen the guys in two weeks. 
Uh, Kelvin, what's your bold prediction for Saturday's game? Uh, this may be our first complete game. I'm, I'm going to say we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, our offense going to reach 40 for the first time this season. Mm. Nice. After two back-to-back 20 win game, 20 point games, it'd be good to see them double that up. All right, Kofi, what's your bold prediction? Uh, we'll see either a pick six or a special teams touchdown. So you're going with the pick six or special teams touchdown. Okay. Uh, my bold for, my, yeah, uh, thank you for reminding me. That, that game is uh, 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 Central on HBCU Go. Uh, the Charlie Neal will be in the house. Um, I'm, I was going to say something, but I'm not out of respect for Charlie Neal. Love Charlie Neal. I was going to say something, but I'm not. Uh, so my bold prediction is going to be that we have, let's see, the lowest the lowest number of penalties we've had this year, I think, is three. I'm going to say we have, huh? yeah, in a game, three. Three penalties in a game. That's the lowest this year. I'm going to say we match that. Nope, you won't see more than three penalties called against the FAMU offense or against the team. I, I guess I should say the entire team. Hey, hey, COVID, would 100 get a penalty? Oh, that's a good one. No. That's a bet. That's Oh, you're saying oh, – no. I'll take the bet. I'll take the I'll take the yes on that. Can I, 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 I'll take the yes on that one. I'm taking no, the yes. No, because they cut the show short last year and didn't even bother. So it's a no. Okay. How long are they giving them? 25 minutes at halftime? Or is it a Super Bowl halftime? Is that what's happening this year? Anyway. All it's right. a televised uh, game, so. Yeah, it's a televised game. So, hey, uh, we got to get out of here. Again, want to remind you, hey, uh, Kelvin and I, and maybe Kofi, uh, we'll, we'll maybe try to do a Twitter Spaces tomorrow. Just maybe get to a few of the things that we didn't get to. Uh, so be looking out for that. We'll drop a little nugget on that and uh we'll maybe kind of drop that out there for 30 minutes and give you some more um homecoming tips and advice maybe tell you where we will be at if you want to come check us out and say hey we'll kind of share that information so be looking out for twitter spaces announcement tomorrow we'll drop a uh a a part two part two of the uh ong strike zone so um, what, what is EA, EA hit me offline. Let me know what the bet is that you're taking that the, 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 the penalty bet. He's probably wanting to hit me with that penalty bet. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't feel comfortable enough to bet that one, but I'm going to just call it a bold prediction and get out of here. All right. <laughs> That's going to do it for tonight's show. Got to say thank you again, uh, again to coach Simmons and coach McCollum for joining us this evening. Uh, appreciate our producer Mel for, uh, producing tonight. And again, Kelvin, Kofi, I'm Brian Fulford, Rattler Nation. Uh, Be strong, be smart, be safe. Pace yourself, Rattlers. We got a long two weeks. Pace yourself and hydrate. And then when you see him out in the streets, let him know to make sure you strike, strike, and strike again. Good night, everybody.